So um, I wanted to talk to you guys about some of the stuff that I have been learning about uh, during this quarantine, during this lockdown. Um, I've been reading a lot. I have been listening to a lot of podcasts myself. I've been watching like YouTube videos on like just different topics that I feel are very important. And um, I wanna share some of them with you guys. So something that I wanna talk about today are the attachment styles, which I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but if you have, shout out to you if you haven't, let me educate you a little bit because I certainly was educated on this topic. So um, real quick, a book that I'm reading, The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance and Getting What You Want by Shan Boudram has been like my little baby recently. And um, she talks about the attachment styles in this book, which I'm going to share with you guys um, a little bit about how she breaks it down. And I'm also going to read to you guys some notes that I took from Dr. Nicole, who I follow on Instagram, and I'm also going to tag her. And she did a little video on her YouTube channel where she also talked about the attachment styles. And I was introduced to the whole concept of the attachment styles by my therapist. A couple weeks ago, I was going through it, having a little bit of a mental breakdown. I had to call her like, girl, I need you to see me this week. Not next week, not two weeks from now, not if I ever go back to Sacramento, I need you to see me right now. So in the midst of talking to her about the bullshit that was going on in my mind, she told me to look up the attachment styles. And I guess there's little like quizzes that you can take online that will help you figure out which atta attachment style is yours. So that's kind of what I did. And I also looked up Dr. Nicole and coincidentally, she had a whole little like, anyways, she had a whole little um, YouTube video on the attachment style. So it just, it worked out, right? So, okay, sorry, I was looking for the page where Shan talks about it, but I'm gonna read to you guys some of the notes that I took from Dr. Nicole first because I feel like she kind of breaks it down a little bit more in depth. And um, basically, Dr. Nicole says that humans are all wired to connect with our caregivers, which are either like our parents or, you know, whoever pretty much raised you, right? And our caregivers pretty much teach us how to emotionally regulate ourselves because when we're babies, we don't know how to do that. And that's something that I've always kind of been aware of, or at least recently I've really been aware of the fact that when we are children, when we are babies, we're nothing but sponges. We're just soaking, 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 taking it all in, whether it's from our caregivers first, and then it's TV, society, media, school, friends, et cetera, et cetera. But our parents definitely, our caregivers definitely have the biggest influence, um, whether good or bad, you know, they have the biggest influence on us because as children, that's literally like who we are looking up to, to survive, to just understand how to maneuver through life, everything. So she says, we learn how to connect and we experience connection with our caregivers. And then we replicate that into our adult life. We learn how to interact. We, um, we learn how our emotions, how our emotions exist in relationships and we learn how to communicate in relationships and navigate through environments based on pretty much what we saw our uh, caregivers do. So I feel like you can kind of already imagine that you could either have a good example or you could have a bad example, right? Because sometimes, it, needless to say, 
Um, our parents do the best that they can, our caregivers do the best that they can, but as we all know, they're also dealing with their bullshit and their own trauma. And sometimes, you know, shit could get a little, a little messy, right? So she breaks down four attachment styles, right? And I'm gonna read to you guys, I'm gonna read like the title of all four of them first and then I'll go ahead and break each one of them down. So the first one, which is the one that we should all kind of aspire to be is secure, the secure adult. So it's a secure attachment style. The second one she says is insecure avoidant. The third one is insecure anxious. And the fourth one is insecure disorganized. Okay, I know, right? Shit's kind of heavy, right? You're already, I, I don't know. When I heard this, I was already like, ooh, I know for sure I'm not secure. I know that much. But um, so let's break it down. So secure adult. Um, basically, she says this is what we're striving for. As you know, humans, we all want to be secure in our relationships and the way that we communicate our feelings and ourselves and all of that. So if you feel like this is your attachment style, she says you pretty much had a caregiver who was able to tolerate their own stress, their own stress, and they remained very attuned to their child. So when you have that type of caregiver, you become the type of child who can spend time alone. I'll put this right here so I want to look at you guys. Who can spend time alone, navigate emotions on our own, uh, relate to emotions and emotional experiences of others, can tolerate his or her own emotions, and has the language to communicate. That's fucking goals because I don't have the language to communicate. And I was just posting about how it's difficult for me to even find the right emotional vocabulary sometimes to get my feelings out you know um a lot of the times i feel like people will ask us you know how you been and we're just good been chilling been you know been good oh what you been up to just you know just maintaining getting by you know things cool and it's like, bitch, you had like five mental breakdowns or you like had like five epiphanies or you went through like 10 breakthroughs this last week or, you know, you had 16 aha moments. Like, what do you mean you just went good? You know, you know, like, it's so crazy how for me, sometimes I feel like there's so much going on in here. You know, I have a big head for a reason because it's full of fucking thoughts. And what I'm trying to work on is how to put everything that's in here and like, get it out to you guys get it out to my friends to my family to potential lovers to whatever and it's really fucking hard for me to do that so um that is the first attachment style which again she says is the one that we really want to be so um the second one which is insecure avoidant it says you pretty much had a caregiver who was disconnected from physical and emotional connection and let's see disconnected between the inner emotions um a whole lot of things going on there were a whole lot of things going on internally and externally that either the caregiver probably didn't really know about so the caregiver pretty much leaves the child to navigate emotions alone and you're not experiencing me as a and um a lot of the times we don't look at our caregiver as someone who is looking for support so the adult human as like you, you're a child and then you grow up to be this type of adult human where you disconnect with your emotions on the inside and how they relate to others on the outside um 
I feel like I'm a little bit on insecure avoidant because I definitely had a parent who couldn't really deal with their shit and I kind of saw that behavior and I feel like I also replicated it a little bit. Um, it's 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 weird. I don't know. It's it's a lot to kind of like dissect. You really have to go back and like reflect on you know your your caregivers, your parents, your mom and dad, whoever it was, and just kind of pinpoint you know times in your life where maybe you witnessed them acting in a way that just really didn't serve the best example for you, and it sucks because. I know for me, like there was a moment in my life where I was feeling very resentful, right? I was feeling very resentful towards my mom and my dad. Um, in the midst of doing all this inner work, you really start to realize like, damn, my parents always fucked me up a little bit, right? And it's easy to be resentful and to forget, like I said earlier, that they also kind of have their own trauma and they did the best that they could with what they knew, with what they went through. Um, and now as adults, it is our job to be able to like fix all this shit even if we're not even if we feel like we're not at fault for it we are responsible for it because now we're adults and now we can make conscious decisions and we can educate ourselves and pinpoint okay this is where it went wrong or this is what i need to fix or this is where this trauma started etc etc don't really like what my hair is doing right now okay anyways focus the third one was insecure anxious so this one that says that the caregiver was not really in tune. Um, there was a misattunement between the child's needs and the caregivers. So the caregiver is responding to their personal needs first. Um, let's say, for example, mom is in a bad mood. So instead of attending to the child's need for love, mom responds to her bad mood first. Um, it's very unpredictable and it's very inconsistent. So when you are a child who experiences this, you become the type of adult who has a tendency to override one's own emotional needs. Ding, 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 that's me. Um, adult who calls themselves the helper or the caregiver. Ding, 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 I actually might be more anxious than avoidant, goddamn. Learn, some, learn something new about yourself every day. Um, where was I at? Okay, um, you begin to put other people's needs first because pretty much what she says is when you were younger, if your mom or your dad or whoever was your caregiver was in a bad mood and they would attend to their bad mood first instead of like being there for you, you would notice that like, okay, so when mom is bad, everything's bad. But when mom is good, everything's good. So you kind of build this narrative in your head of like, everything around me has to be good. Everyone around me has to be good and then things will be good. So if I take care of everyone else first, then I'll be all right. And what we basically end up doing is neglecting our own needs, neglecting our own wants, neglecting our voice, neglecting our feelings, and just feeling like we always have to come second to everybody else, which means that we don't establish boundaries, which I posted about the other day. So check out my tweets. They're on Twitter and they're on my Instagram about boundaries um, because it all correlates. It's all pretty much connected and it's pretty fucking intense when you think about it. Um, I definitely feel like I'm a little bit in between avoidant and anxious, unfortunately. That's that's my fucking truth, but it is what it is. We, we healing from it. We working through it, okay? Um, let's see. The fourth one, which, in, uh, which was insecure, disorganized, pretty much you had a caregiver who was a combination of, like, neglectful, um, 
abusive sometimes you had a very traumatizing experience um, she said that she said in the video that a lot of the times this was um, like if your parents have maybe like a drinking problem or a drug problem or were physically abusive this is kind of um, this is kind of where you fall in you fall into this category um, it says that the messaging for the child is very confusing it's not safe when the caregiver is in that condition and it's a very like push and pull experience for the child. So the child as an adult looks like someone who can't distinguish between danger and safety. So I feel like a lot of people who find themselves in maybe romantic relationships where you are with an abusive partner or you have these cycles of um, being angry and feeling like that's a form of love or feeling like rage is a form of you know love and security i feel like you're definitely um you fall within the insecure disorganized attachment so um she does talk about let's see let's see let's see there are a few steps that she mentions as far as beginning to heal which i feel like is our it's my goal and i think it's everyone's goal especially if you're watching this so three steps to begin to heal dr nicole says question our stories be aware of what we're telling ourselves. So um, I question everything. I try to question everything, especially within ourselves, right? The whole point is for us to be aware. And in order to be aware, you have to ask yourself the whys. You can't just know the what, okay? You can't just know, this made me angry. I'm, I, I have anger issues and that's it. You have to ask yourself, well, why do you have anger issues? Why are you so easily susceptible to anger, to rage? Like, why is that your go-to emotion? Or I'm just very emotional and I can't help it. And my emotions control the best of me and I'm sensitive and that's just what it is. Well, why are you so sensitive? What part of you is still hurt? What What is it about your inner child that you still need to heal? We have to question our whole fucking upbringing. We have to question our parents. We have to question everything that was pretty much told to us and everything that was um, shown to us as an example we have to question does this still serve me is this something that has been serving me up until now and we have to be honest with ourselves without being resentful and angry and being victims and wanting to like blame our parents and be like you fucked me up you ruined my life i'm this way because of you we have to take that responsibility bleh, responsibility of healing and pretty much doing like the damage control now so that we could break that cycle have our own little families and be a better example than sometimes what we have okay so let's see question our stories um be aware of what we're telling ourselves we can be straining something from our past experiences and not our reality we're gonna say that one more time we can be straining the bleh, i can't fucking talk we can be strengthening something from our past experiences and not our reality. Wow, I don't know if that hit me, just maybe because I'm a Pisces and I stay in my fucking head and I'm always daydreaming and I'm always trying to avoid reality. But that's real shit. I think a lot of the times, whoo, man, I feel like a lot of the times things that we have went through, we feel like that's just what we deserve or that's our truth or that's just the way that things have been so therefore that's the way that things have to be no 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 i talked about this when i was breaking down the four agreements 
and we have the capacity to change at any given moment. It's that simple. It's not easy. Don't confuse simplicity for easy, okay? It's simple because you can literally change at just, just by making that conscious decision. It ain't gonna be from day to night. It's gonna be hard, but our past experiences should not and do not dictate our current reality. Past is the past, is back there for a reason. Leave it, take the lessons that you need and go forward and create the life that you, I, we want. That is, I feel like just, that's what we gotta do, man. That's deep. We can be straining something from our past, ex past experiences and not our reality. Man, self-awareness, yo. Second step to beginning to heal, practice consciousness, grounding ourselves, breath work, connect with the self and the body and act of breathing, body awareness, okay? Body awareness has been very, very, very like pivotal in my life right now. Um, I've been doing a lot of yoga. I've been getting into yoga ever since this lockdown happened. I have been getting into um, working out. I've been doing a lot of ooh, at home workouts and I've really been trying to just be more present with this moment right here and how I feel right here, right now. Meaning if I'm not comfortable in this chair, move, wiggle around, figure out why I'm not comfortable. If I feel that my shoulders are like this and I'm super tense and I'm super like, relax, roll the shoulders back. You know what I mean? Like breathe, notice where you're tight at, notice where you're holding tension at, whether it's your face, your shoulders, your hands, your feet, your whatever. Really, really be aware of our bodies and don't forget to breathe. I can't tell you guys how many times I've been driving and I'm just like, just, I'm calm, I'm good, I'm chilling. And it's like, girl, exhale, relax. Like, Jesus. And it's all learned behavior because I saw my mom do that. It makes me sad, it's okay. We're working through it. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Body awareness, okay. Break the habit of detaching and learn what it feels like to be in your body. Emotions are sensations. When we practice a habit of detaching from that, we lose that information. So practice a habit of detaching from that. So yes, emo mm, okay, damn, I shouldn't have read that because I don't really know what that means. Sometimes I take notes and like, they make sense in that moment, but I think I need to be a little bit more detailed. Pretty much though, it's practice consciousness and I feel like stillness and being here right now and honoring how you feel physically as well. So learning how to talk about these sensations, that's the third one. I feel tightness, I feel heat, I feel tingly. Learn how to share based on these sensations, not based on what caused them. Ooh, learn how to share based on how you feel, based on these sensations and not what caused them. <sighs> Every time that I like read something, it always goes back to communication. And I feel like I was a communications major. I graduated with communication studies degree and I truly feel like that is part of my purpose to be able to, for, one, for me to learn how to communicate and then two, to help others learn how to communicate. So full circle moment, right? Anyways, that was a quick little breakdown of Dr. Nicole and her breakdown of the attachments. So Shan Boudram, 
who is a sexologist. She focuses on the attachment styles as well. And um, I highlighted some things in her book, which I'm gonna go ahead and read to you guys. Um, the attachment theory is an area of psychology first coined by John Bowlby that seeks to explain attachment styles by identifying four different ways people behave in intimate relationships. So um, Dr. Nicole kind of ties the attachment styles to like all areas of our life, but because um, Shan Boudram is an intimacy expert, she focuses more on how the attachment style um, is shown in our intimate relationships. So very similar, she uses a little bit of, uh, of the wording is different. So she says that the four attachment styles are secure, anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, and fearful, avoidant. So I think she used um, like this, or Dr. Nicole used this organized, whereas I think Shan uses fearful, avoidant. So she says, da, 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 da. okay. So pretty much she had these girls take a test um, that I mentioned, they're usually online, and I know Shambudram has one, I think, on her website. This is the little test right here, kind of. It's very short. She um, Obviously, she wasn't going to put the whole test in her book, but I took it, and it's weird because, I don't know, based on the questions that she asked, it said that I was securely attached, but I know that's not true because I know, I know myself. I'm aware, and I know where I lack, but... um. Again, I am a little bit between avoidant and anxious. And um, so she pretty much says secure, securely attached. Again, you, do, you know how to display interest and affection towards others. You're comfortable with being alone. You know how to make boundaries. You stick to them. You're not possessive. You're not passive or dismissive. You're like a perfect balance, right? Um, anxious, preoccupied. They crave intimacy, but they lack confidence that anyone will truly love them. Um, they worry a lot that someone will lose interest in them and choose someone else. They have a hard time trusting people, but also have an even hard time letting go. Anxious, preoccupied, pretty much just seems like a big ass contradiction. Like you want something, but you don't know how to go about it. You you yearn for something, but you don't feel like you're worthy of it. You want connection, but you don't want to express anything about yourself. That's me. I'm working on it. <laughs> Um, she says, a major drawback of this attachment style is the obsessive preoccupation with relationships. Um, so she says, as a child, this person may have had an inconsistent parent or guardian who at times smothered them and encouraged dependency, while at other times was too caught up in their own emotions to be emotionally available at all. I want you guys to see how I highlighted that part. And then I drew, I drew the little arrow because that, that was me. That was my life. Um, I had a mom, I have a mom, I love you mom, but this is the reality. Um, my mom was a little smothering, a little, um, definitely controlling. And I feel like she did encourage dependency. And at the same time, she was also the type of mom who would put her feelings in her mood first. So kind of like what Dr. Nicole said, when my mom was in a bad mood, everything was bad. It didn't matter if I was happy. It didn't matter if I was sad or if my sister was going through something. When we, we knew that when my mom was pissed, like nothing else matters, just don't do anything more to piss her off. Doesn't matter if you had a bad day, you need to talk to her about something, if you're scared or whatever the case might be. We knew that when my mom was livid, it was just best to just do whatever we could to get her, her to just calm down. So it was crazy because I feel like you have this parent that you feel like is always there for you and is kind of conditioning you to depend on them. 
And then when you feel that you have to depend on them, if they're not in a good mood, you can't. So I feel like that definitely can bring just conflicting issues and a lot of confusion. So now I feel like in my relationships or you know with, with potential lovers, I want connection, but I don't really know how to go about it. I don't feel secure. I feel like no one really has time for the shit that I'm dealing with. And um, I don't know, I'm working through it, okay? Let's see, dismissive avoidance, she says people who avoid attachment are super independent and often are uncomfortable with intimacy. Um, they fear they will give more than they can manage. So I'm a little avoidant because um, I do feel like I am an independent person. Um, I don't have a hard time. It's not hard for me to be alone. I, I like to be alone. I enjoy my solitude and my space. However, I don't like to feel lonely. You know, I know that human connection is important. I know that I want someone. I do want to be in a relationship. I do like when there's, you know, when I'm dating someone or talking to someone, I feel happy, but I am also a little bit uncomfortable with intimacy um, coming from me. Like when people share with me, people overshare with me all the time. I know so many people's business and that doesn't bother me you know for people to open up to me like i'm always i always i'm here i'm listening what's up but i have a really hard time um me opening up and me being emotionally intimate with people um so it says a dismissive avoidant person may regularly complain about feeling crowded or suffocated when people try to get too close to them um, I'm not to that extent. I don't feel, I'm not the type of person that like runs away when shit gets real. Or am I? Hmm. Interesting. You see how like when you go through shit like this, you start to ask yourself questions like this shit is fucking real, yo. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Second one, fearful avoidant. These are the people who push others away, not because they want space. Oh, but because they fear once you get too close, you will want space from them. There it is. There it is. Yep, anxious, preoccupied, fearful, avoidant. They are torn between fearing and craving a level of commitment they don't think they, they don't think anyone can provide. Wow. Okay. As a child, the fearful, avoidant may have had a parent or guardian who was manic or possibly had issues with substance abuse my parents didn't have issues with substance abuse but um they were just i think just emotionally inconsistent really um they were never given the luxury of being completely vulnerable and thus as adults avoid opportunities to do so i think that i was given the opportunity to be vulnerable because i definitely feel like i used to be a lot more emotional when i was a kid um but i think the response that i would get is what made me feel like it wasn't okay to be vulnerable. Um, because my dad was very dismissive and very like nonchalant and didn't really care. So I, I think that, especially with men, that's what made me feel like, I'm not gonna give a fuck about how I feel, so why tell you? Why open myself up to disappointment? We gotta switch that narrative. What did she say? Something about don't let our past experiences dictate our reality now? <laughs> Boom, full circle. So, um, pretty much, yeah, these are the, the, the big um, attachment styles. And I feel like I'm going to put the, I'm going to add both of them. And then I know that Shan Boudram says in this book that she has a more detailed 
um, tests so that you can figure out what your attachment style is because I feel like it's important. I feel like it's important for us to know ourselves. Um, if you're in a relationship with someone, I feel like you should definitely take the test with your boyfriend or girlfriend and just kind of figure out if you know where the two of you stand. And even if you're single, I feel like it's good for you to know yourself and to know maybe why past relationships haven't worked so that you can know what steps to take so that you could have you know better relationships in the future so um this is a little bit of what my life has been consisting of um you know just trying to work on personal development trying to work on understanding myself better and changing the narrative in my head and being gentle just being understanding being compassionate of my parents even though I feel like they screwed me up a little bit. You know, we're all screwed up a little bit in our own little beautiful way, right? And I think that it's just a, it's just so important to be aware and to use a lot of the downtime that we have to educate ourselves, man. The the knowledge is out there. The YouTube videos are out there. The books are out there. The the psychologists, the therapy, the whatever, it's all out there. It's literally I was going to say at my fingertips and grab my phone, but my phone's recording. But it's literally at the tip of our fingers. And um, we just got to not be scared to admit the ugly fucking truth. Like, it's not easy for me to admit to all you fucking guys that I have fearful, avoided, or whatever the fuck it was. Like, I feel like everybody's going to be like, damn, this bitch has issues. No wonder she's single. But it's like, hey, yeah, I do. You know? We all do. Welcome to the fucking party. So, I hope that this was useful. I hope that you guys share this video if you think that somebody else might need these resources. And um, I look forward to engaging with you guys a little bit more. If you guys have any feedback, please DM me, email me, text me, leave me a comment, whatever it is. I want to talk to you guys um, a lot more. I want to engage. I feel like we need to have these types of conversations and it's good for me and I feel like it would be good for all of us. So yeah again this is the book and thank you guys for tuning in